Welcome to Random Rewards, the one and only, the beautiful, the most exciting and most fun gamification show. Welcome to Random Rewards. We are the podcast where we can discuss and talk about how we make business more fun with gamification. Is that right, Chris? That's right. How it works is we open by discussing a game. We deconstruct how that game motivates users and then brainstorm on the fly how to solve a random business problem. What game are we talking about? What game are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Tetris. And that is a game that has followed us for years. And I'm sure all our listeners are also really excited about this because in our childhood, it was this epic game to play, right, Chris? That's right. It's a classic game. And before we get started with this, if you'd like us to discuss a particular game, send us an email at randomrewards at octalysisgroup.com. That email will also be in the show notes. Woohoo! Perfect. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> What's, uh, what was your first experience with Tetris? I, have, I first played Tetris either on an arcade or on a Game Boy. I'm not exactly sure which was the first one, but they were kind of the similar time. And no colors, like the sound obviously was the most inviting and calming and at the same time annoying thing ever (laughs) and stressful. (laughs) So, Do we need to describe what Tetris is? I think most like, people will know, like what, people Tetris know what Tetris is. is. Although maybe the younger generation actually doesn't know Tetris anymore. Doesn't, I don't Do you know. think so? Everyone needs to know Tetris. I mean, basically it's blocks falling down and you need to put them in the right direction yeah. and move them yeah. around like clockwise, I guess. It was clockwise. Either way. It's either counterclockwise either or ways. clockwise. Yeah. Okay. You can change it. Yeah. And then... Put them in a way so they stack up together in the most perfect way. Yeah. And it's it like really the reminds OCD game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it gets faster and faster, like the, the tiles fall faster and faster as further you level up. And yeah. the music gets faster too, which is a great feedback mechanic, actually, which yeah. we can talk a little bit about later. Well, the objective is that you want to, you never want, you lose the game if the blocks keep stacking in an in or in orderly fashion and they meet the top of the screen. So the way you clear block, you make sure that doesn't happen is you have to make sure the blocks cover an entire horizontal line and there's no holes. That's essentially the main mechanic. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you create a horizontal line, that line disappears. Yeah. What is the music of Tetris? Can you remember it? No, I can't. Like, oh I could God. tell you, I could recognize it. Dun, 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 dun. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. I need to insert this here. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Hey, it's faster, faster, faster. Yes, I got it. Thank you, Chris. I love I love Tetris because it's such a simple game, but it's so endlessly replayable. No game is the same, and part of it is the randomness. So we're going to talk about the the core drives, the Octalysis core drives, 
in this game. And that's part of how we deconstruct any kind of experience. So we're going to look deeper into why people play this game. Uh, I, I would say the main, that core drive is core drive seven, unpredictability and curiosity. You never know which block is going to come. You know, like one block ahead, you see it up in the top right corner, which block is coming next, but you don't know what's next after that. So there's no way for you to actually plan what to do. You have to constantly change what you're doing as you go. Actually, I disagree a little bit about that because okay. you can plan yeah. what you're going to do. And But I think it's more in the later scaffolding phase. So when you already have a little bit of experience with Tetris. Yeah. In the beginning, it's more quarter F7. And then yeah. it goes into quarter F3 where you're actually trying to make a strategy. Once you see it, like for one second even just, you yeah. can already strategize what you're going to do. And you already have in your head like, oh, what if this and this tile comes up what if the long tile comes up oh i can put it to the right side oh what if the block comes up oh i can put it on the left side and you plan it strategically based mm -hmm. on the possibility of which tiles could actually show so i think it yeah. depends on the stage of the experience of the user yeah it starts out more random and then you start to see the mm -hmm. strategy inside mm -hmm. the randomness mm -hmm. so actually it has a really great level up unattended well i guess it is intentionally but it's not like oh you're level one you're level two whatever like you yeah. kind of need to play the game differently you automatically start to play in the game differently based on your experience and your crop like your skill right which is you quite cleverly made actually you increase your skill and it changes the motivation yeah that is interesting and again with such a simple a simple game it's like that's maybe why it becomes so endlessly replayable because that's true like um i just started playing tetris again because there's a, a game called tetris effect which is for vr and so playing it in vr changes it it's it, incredibly immersive and it, mm -hmm. it adds additional feedback mechanics um one of them is that there's like music being played and it's not the tetris theme song um but <laughs> but it's like the music of the, of the stage that you're in, um, like you're underwater and it's this kind of like ethereal techno music or something. And <laughs> at the same time, if you move, if you rotate the block or move it, it plays a note. And so you're playing music along mm. with the music of the stage. And so then it's really core drive three, uh, mm. empowerment of creativity and feedback. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I think also it really depends on the algorithm, how they actually created the game. Yeah. On how it reacts with you. Like I actually, I listened to a movie of the founder of Atari, like mm -hmm. where the founder of Atari and some other game designers from like the earlier times, like 80s. Um, we're talking about how they actually came up with the new first games yeah. and the first game was like Pong the yeah. one where you just have these two tiles and then like play a ball in between it yeah. and they were saying that and they act well actually they stole it from somebody else <laughs> <laughs> but the problem was the game wasn't fun oh, it really? was just yeah it was basically just these two 
uh, sides where the ball goes like back and forth and back and forth. But it was so flickery and so sort of like hard to to actually play that you lost the whole time. Like there was no possibility to actually win this game. And there was no leveling up as well. There was just, there was no, no mastery pretty much. And so they changed the algorithm to basically reflect how the user can level up in a really motivating way. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting to see that it's the same game. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. And they actually got sued, but they, um, they made it out of it. They, yeah. they won the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was a totally different game. Like if you're looking at actually how the, how the mechanics work. Yeah, it goes to show that the mechanics themselves don't make a game motivating. Mm. It's it's how it's how they're implemented is what makes it motivating, and that's that's interesting. What do you know? What the difference was in the the algorithm? Well, I actually don't know, okay. but I know that they changed the level up system yeah. to be more um, uh, less straight up, basically upwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. So more in like a continuous manner mm-hmm. so they changed the the leveling system the the basically based on the testing of that they did so so what other uh just going back to tetris what other what other core drives do you think are like really essential to the experience of playing tetris i think quarter two would also be one of them yeah because you you also get a lot of feedback on your actions so yeah quarter of two development and accomplishment you always feel accomplished once you drop one of the tiles again you yeah. get this like feedback of like or something like that and then it clicks yeah. in and if you're actually succeeding the whole line sparks up or something yeah like it kind of like explodes so or if you um if you can visualize like you have a block of four high, um, four lines high, and you have a little trough on the right or left side that is the perfect space for a line, the four top, the, the vertical line piece. And you'll slot that in and clear four lines at once. That's like so much accomplishment. I live for that feeling. Like totally. I can't wait. I always like to build up and then clear all four at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I do the same yeah. thing. I feel it's very, it feels really accomplishing and it has this, it has this sort of effect with them together with the music and with the uh, visual effect too, that it gives you this really, really Im- immersive feeling of success. Yes. And that's what we want to have when we're playing a game, right? Yeah. And that's what we would like to have in real life too, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that yeah. feeling of success. If cleaning if cleaning my apartment was like, you know, playing Tetris. Putting I'd, blocks my, together. Yeah. Well, that would mean you once you shift the dishes around, they just disappear. So. Well, sometimes I do that with like, when I go traveling, I yeah. pack my bags like and then I think about Tetris and I'm like, yes, I'm putting it together like Tetris. I'm going to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, I yeah. don't get the feedback. So I'm like, do I put some like feedback mechanic into my real life now to 
achieve, feel accomplished when I'm achieving mastery and putting my bag together. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. the trick, right? Is it never feels that, that rewarding when you do it in real life or as you do it in the (laughs) game, you're like, yes. But we can, we can create it that way. We We can. can So I'm curious, do you think there's black hat core drives? Are there any, I feel like there's yes, some. Yes, definitely core drive eight, lost yeah. in avoidance. Yeah. Um, based on the scarcity of time, actually. So core drive six. Yeah. So yeah. when, especially in the end, when it gets really, really hard and I stack up till the top. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I need to make it. I need to make it. Oh no, 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 no. Not that fast. Not that fast. And then yeah, yeah. just like, it goes too fast and too fast. And then, yeah. There's an interesting dynamic with just the way the like structure of the game board in a sense is that as pieces are falling um, in the beginning, you have a lot of space and time to make decisions. And as the blocks stack up, you have less and less time to make decisions. So yeah, I think core drive six is, is, is key. Um, And it's interesting because it's like a, it's an exponential feedback loop of less decision-making time. The worst decisions you make, the less decisions you'll have and likely the less decisions you make. So, so oftentimes I'll be, I'll be playing and I'll, I'll be like doing really well. I've cleared all the lines. I'll have like a full open space and maybe I'll make like one bad decision. Okay. Then I'll make yeah. another bad decision. I'm like, okay, I got to fix that. I got to fix that. Okay. And then it won't be very long. It'll be 20 seconds and I'll have lost the level, even though I've been doing great. And it's so, yep. yeah, Tetris can kind of turn on a dime where the pieces start falling faster and you, yeah. you know, and the make, music going faster too. Like, yeah. Don't stress me out even more. So yeah, I think that's intentionally to giving more, like basically stressing you out with that music coming up too. It reflects the level of stress. Yeah. But it creates also that level of stress. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that music is such a intense, like um, it, it's such a good feedback mechanic in this case. It the, is. And the music reflects. I mean, turn it off. Have you ever played Tetris without music? It's so boring. <laughs> um, I think really I have is. just to like not stress myself out basically. <laughs> yeah. But it's boring. Like yeah. it, I mean, it still works, but yeah. it's not the same. It just doesn't feel so rewarding and so exciting as well. Yeah. It's almost like it's less quarter of seven and two as well. Hmm. You just feel the, the impact of the randomness less. Yeah, and I think generally urgency—it's—it's it's just created. It creates less urgency. Yeah. And then throughout that, you just feel less excited. Hmm. Well, so, do you, huh? Do you think that's a—it's a good feeling of stress? Because I'm like thinking now: is it a positive, good feeling of stress, or is it a negative? feeling of stress but then the reward is so high that yeah. that stress is almost like you, you almost don't think about the stress but you think about the reward that comes after the stress yeah well i think with tetris because it's such a fast game it's not even if you utterly fail it's not that long before you can get that feeling of achievement again you get mm-hmm. like feelings of achievement all throughout like you have to clear Sometimes you have to clear 20 lines before the end of the level or you have to, you know, clear for a certain amount of time. So you're always clearing lines. And so you're always feeling that achievement. 
And so, like I said, even if you fail a level, you just start another level and then you start feeling that achievement all over again. It's just a very, Mm -hmm. very quick loop. So I think in that case, the stress is good because it's because you even if you are feeling really stressed, it's it's not for very long. Yeah, that's true. Before you either completely fail or or you pull out of it and (laughs) succeed. What do you think is like the main drive that makes this game work for such a long time? Like there is years and years of playing Tetris and yeah. every generation has played Tetris, right? It's this, it's, it's just not dying out and it's so simple, right? Like, what do you think is the main thing that makes it so long lasting? It's a really good question. And that's something that um, any business would want to know as well. Exactly. So what makes it long lasting? Well, I think a lot of it is that, so it has a very, very powerful, and I guess I would say addictive um, activity loop and it's very quick. So it's, it's always giving you that feeling of accomplishment. So, so you can play it really easily too. Like it's very simple mm. to play, um, especially with like mobile audiences. You could just boot it up on your phone and play it while you're sitting in line or something. There's and not really any onboarding, right? You don't really need to learn the game. You can just play it. Yeah, that is interesting. There's like no onboarding at all. Like there's not really Mm. a Tetris tutorial. It's just easier in the beginning, but it's, but you need to go through this every single time again. And it's still not boring, even if you start a game again. Yeah. Talking about this makes me feel like Tetris is kind of like the holy grail of game design. (laughs) It's like the perfect game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect game. Cause I mean, if you think about, we think about like one of the best games, you know, that's been the longest lasting is chess, but chess has a huge onboarding mm, you like totally. don't know how to you have to learn it from someone else like you can't just be like you know yeah. playing it and then you feel like you. and even if you it. learned it even if yeah. you learned it like you can't forget about it again like I learned it as a kid from my dad but if I would play chess now again I would mm-hmm. n- not know anything yeah like nothing yeah Exactly. So in Tetris, you don't have to do that. And so it has like no onboarding, mm. really. You can or, just play. Or you just play. You can just play it. And it's you can just short. play it for, yeah, you can play it for like two minutes when you were waiting for something, but you can also play it for two hours. You still yeah. Play. When I play it in VR, I can play for hours because it's just like, it's so immersive and you're just like, oh, oh, wow. I just want to do it again. never played it in VR. Yeah. You got to play it What's in VR. That? It's a whole different experience. It's like, Ooh. it's just super, it's just super immersive, I guess is the best way to put it. They, the way they've done it in VR is they have like the, the environments are 3d, but the Tetris board is still 2d. And so you're just like surrounded mm. by this environment. And like I said, the music really, the fact that you're making music as you're playing you start almost yeah. like doing it to the beat. You're like kind of creating a beat and you're, and you're playing into a rhythm. Mm. And so you're, yeah, like it's kind of immersed in like every sense. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It's like flow on. I need demand. to try that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to, I want to shift into talking about a business. So, exactly. so gamification isn't just fun. It's also the key to long-term engagement for your users, as we were saying. So this is uh, Gamified This, which is the part of the podcast where we choose a random industry, fully random, and a random top business metric, and brainstorm 
an app or experience that utilizes the same core drives of the game. Now, Sabrina, why do we do this? Well, we're doing this basically because we want to obviously create long-term engagement for those clients, right? And we can do that by using elements from games, like we were saying. For example, when you're saying long-term engagement in Tetris, right? We were talking about um, quarter at three, for example. So building, giving people creative choices, empowerment of creativity and feedback, which is creating this long-term engagement. And we want to create that outside of games for our clients. So mm-hmm. this is why, why we're doing that. Yeah, this is just an example. Like this is a shortened version of the second step of the five-step octalysis process that we go through with every client to design a customized experience that drives high ROIs. So exactly. I just rolled a random number and the industry is a telecommunications industry. Telecommunications. And I'm All gonna, right. And I'm going to roll I'm another actually, one. <laughs> remind, it reminds me I need to get some data for my phone. Oh, my goodness. How do gonna, you live without a phone? I'm going to roll another one. I don't know how you live without a phone. but the So the business metric is monthly active users. Monthly active users in the telecommunications industry. Telecommunications industry. Yeah, so we're going to simulate um, a very shortened version of the type of brainstorming conversations we would have to guide a client to create high RI design for communications specifically and monthly active users. Well, I think, first of all, just um, one of the things we do is we think about do the business metrics make sense? Uh, A lot of conversations we have are about prioritizing the right business metrics. I think monthly active users is actually really good. Uh, Most telecommunication companies uh, operate on a monthly model. So you pay per month, you don't pay per week or pay per data, you pay every month. So it would make sense that they would want people to be active, which it's interesting that they would want people to be active though, because really, I guess what I guess we should define what is an active user in this case. Yeah, I think that's quite important. So in that case, I think an active user would be based on how many times he would call somebody, how many times he uses data, how many times he uh, writes text or something else. Right. So there's three there's usually three factors, right? Right, right. And what, I guess, what would be the reason why would they would want somebody to call, text, et cetera, more? But I guess if they were charging per, like if it was, you know, pay, pay per call, pay per mm. data use, then they would want more activity because then they would, mm. then there would be more, right? Yeah. I guess in that model, yes, but these days... Actually, we don't really have those models anymore. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true, yeah. Um, I guess, though, there is a sense of feeling ownership towards that telecommunications agency, too. Yeah. So as more as you use that service, as more you're sort of attached to it and have, it, have the brand present, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So I think it has to do with that, too. Um, and what, so, so oftentimes we can design for any kind of experience, but oftentimes our clients are trying to build apps. In this case, what would an app be that would be related to telecommunications? Is there something that would be part of that? 
maybe it could be a chat bot or something like that, like a chat mm-hmm. where you can like like WhatsApp or or Kakao Talk or something like that, or WeChat. Okay. So say it's a it's a chat platform. We'll we'll narrow it down to chat platform because <laughs> just like I'm thinking like, is there an app for like checking your data usage? Like how why would yeah, you care? There about is people actually using there that? there yeah. is, but yeah. Yeah, but th- yeah, I mean, I have an app actually from yeah when I was living in London. Yeah. I would have a an app to check my data and then add more data to my plan if it runs out. Yeah. So that could be also a a idea to talk about. That sounds like a very function focused app, though. It's very function focused. Yeah. And when we say function focused, we mean it, it's something that's designed purely for function. It's not designed to motivate people to use it. They use it because, you know, they need to, for some reason, like checking your data mm-hmm. is something that you want and, to do. And actually the functionality of that app was horrible <laughs> because you know what, what the problem was, the main issue? Yeah. What? When you're running out of data, you don't have data, right? Yeah. You can't get more data. Yeah. So you needed to go online to get more data. Yeah. Why do you need to go more? Like you can't go online because you ran out of data. <laughs> it's like a catch 22. <laughs> yeah. That was like the most annoying thing I've ever experienced in an app to, yeah. because you can't use it. You need to first go home, but you yeah. can't get home because you're like, Oh my God, when is my next train going? I don't know because I don't have my app to look it up. <laughs> I need to manually like in the nineties, go to the train station and actually look up the times on that board. Like who does this these days? <laughs> so I, I think we should stick with the chat. I think that's probably yeah. a more fun conversation. Exactly. So, so it's a chat platform and someone comes to us and says, we're creating a chat, chat bot, chat platform that, and we want it to be as addictive as Tetris. Tetris is our favorite game. Make it like Tetris. So what we wouldn't do is say, okay, well, we're going to make it so like when you're chatting, there's these blocks that are falling. <laughs> and the only way to send your, your uh, message is to complete the line of blocks. Otherwise, you can't <laughs> send the message. You, every time you finish a line and it makes like yeah. plop, the, net, the message gets sent through. Yeah, 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 exactly. And if you can't finish it, then you just don't get through. No. Um, so, so this is, this is funny, but this is actually a similar conversation we have a lot where, where people think that you can just apply random game techniques and it makes something fun, um, or it'll make something similar to an experience that is fun. Right. Yeah. And we know that that's not the case. This is not about just copying and pasting. So what we first do is think about, okay, so we want monthly active users, uh, we want to talk about the desired actions. What do we want people to be doing on this app? We probably want them to open it at least once a week. Um, it's monthly active users. So I guess the company only cares about, you know, once a month, but we know through habit, through behavioral science, the habits don't really form if you do something once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with a chat platform. Yeah. We don't really want to have people just looking in there once once a month like and it who uses a chat platform 
platform yeah. just once a month. Actually, in this case, the business metric would not make that much sense. So we would yeah. say like, okay, we need to combine it maybe with daily active users as yeah. well. You're so right. we can actually track if people are really using the platform or I'm like as in an act in this case it's an active user I wouldn't say an active user is an active user if they just use it in a, once in a month yeah in that case so so we would yeah exactly so we would want them to probably show up at least once um, probably text someone at least or, or chat with someone once a day at least chat with someone or chat with the chat bot depending on how robust the chat bot is um, Maybe tell their friends about it, get their friends to sign up. That would be another desired action. So actually, that's an interesting one. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. So I am at the moment in Korea. So I'm using a lot of Kakao Talk, mm -hmm. but my European friends yeah. are using um WhatsApp. But I actually don't really like WhatsApp anymore because they tend to block me out if I change my phone number all the time. Oh, interesting. So so do you think, what do you think is the entry point of, of convincing other people to using another chat than the one that they're used to? Because the, it's quite hard to convince people to actually go to another place, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're always dealing with the network effect, um, either for you or against you. There's like this tipping point where enough people use something and then everyone else starts using it just because their friends are on it. So, mm -hmm. so there's that. So core drive five, right? A lot, right. Of, a lot of social influence and relatedness. That's right. Yeah. So there's that network effect when it comes to these kinds of experiences. Um, but at the same time, also you want people to, you want the platform or experience to facilitate the user doing something awesome that they then organically tell their friends about. Because mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is have the beginning of the app say, invite your friends that you've never used before. Which every single Which every app, app does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that just pushes people away because mm -hmm. now, now they feel they have no Why ownership. Why would I do it? Why would I do it? Like I, I just started this app like, no. no ownership at all and function isn't going to do enough because that already exists you know what's mm -hmm. going to com compete with whatsapp what's going to compete with um that's, what's it called co co talk cacao talk cacao that's talk. exactly that's exactly it when i ask my friend oh don't you want to use cacao talk like it has way cooler like icons and stuff like that and like, yeah. it's more fun and they're like but whatsapp does exactly the same and so yeah. I, I needed a long time to actually convince them that Kakao Talk is better, but actually they're yeah. really similar, but it depends on like a few more functionalities yeah. that they're actually more interesting for certain people than others. So. so I'm thinking of the core drives that we discussed, core drive seven, unpredictability and curiosity, core drive three, empowerment and creativity and feedback and mm. um Core drive two, development and accomplishment with some, a bit of core drive six, scarcity <laughs> and unpredictability <laughs> or, and um, impatience. Um, all of those, it, if an app already has a lot of people, it already has a lot of core drive seven because you're already 
what's happened? Did someone text me? I don't know. It's like the same when you use an e when you use your email program. If I go into my Gmail, there's a lot of Core Drive Seven. Is someone emailed me? Is there something new? It even causes me to just reload my email all the time because it's like a slot machine uh, for mm -hmm. dopamine. So that would be a little too simple of an answer. Like just get a million users and then people will have core drive seven. <laughs> so I think one of the things that could add core drive seven uh, to something where someone maybe doesn't have their friends, they haven't added them yet is having an interesting chatbot experience. And so maybe the chatbot is sending you messages that are relevant to you every day and they're interacting with you. And so even if you don't have friends on the platform, you have this like chat type experience that you start to get mm. used to. And maybe the, the, the chatbot even know, starts to get to know you and then you create more Core Drive 4 ownership and possession, right? Right. And we know the Core Drive 4, even though it's not a huge part of Tetris, we know it's a huge part of getting people to uh, be brand ambassadors for a various platform. The more you're like, I love Kakao Talk the more likely that people will come and join you. Mm. So how do you think Tetris was doing that actually? Because there's no ownership if you play yeah. Tetris, right? Yeah. It's more like you're talking about Tetris because it's it creates so much urgency or was it because you feel that a success moment so much that you kind of want to share it? Do yeah. you think that? Okay. Well, so it's interesting. I don't feel like Tetris creates a lot of ownership in general. No, not at all. I think I think it just happened to be an extremely well-designed game that hits the other core drives so well that we all just, and it's in the popular consciousness, so we all know of it. Mm. And you don't need you don't need to tell people. They already know about Tetris. So it has that benefit that perhaps a fledgling chat pro, uh, platform doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So, but I, it also sh shows yeah. a little that you don't always need all the quarters to be active that's right. That's right. to create something that is successful, right? It depends on your business metrics, on right. what do you want actually for your business to succeed in. Right. And that depends then again on what quarters you can use for creating that right right and a lot of our clients want to just max out all the core drives mm. and we're like no no <laughs> that's not what we want to do because it really depends <laughs> on your users right and it, it depends on what they, what motivates them and so we're mm -hmm. thinking that you know major tetris players are going to want to use this chat platform and so totally. what something i was thinking about is how would core drive three come into play Mm -hmm. What kinds of features could exist that, that would make Core Drive 3? What, what, how would somebody be able to use creativity in a chat platform? Perhaps maybe they could make their own chatbots? Yeah, I think there could be something that they create can create by themselves. Maybe also, I mean, that's more Core Drive 5 yeah. when they're like actually creating like groups and yeah. like... Mm, try to build those groups based on their friends and like their interests. Yeah. But what if they were creating their own chat bots? So yeah, but the chat bot and actually, you know, creating it in a way that like when you're, when your friend would call you or like would chat to you, they yeah. could create that bot. If once you're not, when, if you're not actively yeah. using the app, the, the bot could uh, actually answer them in a fun way. Yeah. So that could also create some core of seven. Yeah, and predictability and curiosity towards the other person, which yeah. would receive that message, right? 
Yeah, yeah. They would could, probably like write you and like, oh, what did I get, get this time? <laughs> and you could share so, yeah. chatbots with your friends. You could you could share them even in an online marketplace. I'm thinking of like, have you heard of the the app Roblox? I have, yeah. Yeah, Roblox is super used it. super popular. I just downloaded it the other day and I was just kind of playing with it. And they, you know, sort of allow you to build your own kind of game worlds based on a series of mm. like foundational blocks. Um, I don't know how robust it gets, but imagine that same kind of thing existed with chatbot programming in a sense. It wasn't real programming, but it allowed you to do basic things like with machine learning. And then you could put your own chatbot on the store, so to speak, or like just in a, in a place where other people could download it and then they could review it, that kind of stuff. So then you could even, you could even do that like for like, uh, fan clubs or something like that. Like if you're a yeah. soccer fan club or like a fan club for a musician, you yeah. can create specific uh, bots for those fan clubs. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, people would buy that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or not even buy that, right? But they would get their friends to use it. They would yeah, say, "You can sure. check out my chat bot," or you try to make a bot yeah. that's like yourself. There could be like challenges like that are, or that's that are like, like your friend. Even more funny, right? Or <laughs> you, can you could build blocks. Uh, bots for each other yeah and you could do challenges where you know it's like a turing test where you'd have to decide is it me or is it the bot <laughs> that you're talking to and the person mm. might not know like not you can willingly do that right like you can say oh i want to see does the bot beat the person or yeah did they say so we we can actually we can think about the the business metric it's probably if you want people to be daily active users or monthly active users you want them one of the business metrics as well will be like the amount of talking to your friends right like or the interaction you have with other people and that bot would would solve exactly that thing too because it would actually make you interact more what if you could only interact with the bot making program as much as you talked with your friends. So talking mm. with your friends becomes like something main that thing. powers up your ability. Yeah. It's like a boost it. booster for your bot basically. So yeah. you can use your bot more and more. Yeah. So and then you have the energy the, of the bot. Yeah, uh, goes yeah exactly. Yeah. It becomes like the electricity. Like fueling fuel. it. Yeah. 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 And so you're, you're building this, uh, you're do, you're getting this accomplishment. You're getting like daily goals of like fueling your bot or whatever. And so that gives them that core drive to development and accomplishment as well. Totally. And maybe and, it could even, it could also go down. Like the energy goes down when you're not actively talking to your friends. Right. So it's almost like black hat. The, a leak in the car. <laughs> yeah. So you have a little bit of urgency too. So you create a little bit of that feeling of, of loss and avoidance right for that eight yeah yeah absolutely and maybe you could bring in some scarcity by having it like roll over and everybody starts from the beginning every month or something like that and so you like develop a bunch of like fuel for your robot and your robot can do uh whatever but you have to use it by the end of the month otherwise it just goes away mm. you can even build like collection sets or something like that yeah where you can pimp up your bot yeah. Pimp your bot. You remember pimp your ride? Yeah. It's like you can do pimp your bot. <laughs> and instead of having like battle bots, they could be like debate bots. Yeah. So like your bots debate each other. <laughs> yeah, like a rap battle. Yeah. A bot rap battle. <laughs> Cypher. <laughs> yeah. 
This is really cool. I really, I mean, and this is what happens and this is why we love doing this work is because, uh, you know, we come up with really great innovative ideas coming from a foundational framework that allows us to get there because it's also based in behavioral science. You know, it's not cool just because it's clever. It's based in these core drives that we've discussed. Exactly. And we can always make sure that those experiences that we create are actually motivating on a level of human motivation and the emotion of people and not just a thing that you put on top of an already non-exciting experience, right? Because that's what a lot of times what happens is people build these zombies that just kind of like, oh, we have this, uh, we have this, experience that we really like which is tetris oh maybe we we take some blocks and put them on our experience and then maybe we have some birds because yeah yeah yeah. this this bird the angry birds yeah it's so so uh, popular we do that too Hmm. so we have the blocks and we have the birds and (laughs) then birds the best (laughs) birds that eat blocks yes (laughs) we had birds that eat blocks and every time you text to your Uh, your friend the bird eats a block (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then they shoot the block out all right all right (laughs) not really working that well (laughs) no we can avoid that by by actually looking at the human motivation on its core yeah i really i really like this chat platform i'm Mm -hmm. i'm ready i'm ready to build it let's get some investors Exactly. If there are any investors out there, please let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Write us at randomrewards at octalsisgroup.com. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's, uh, we have anything else to say before we close? I think this is a decent game design. Obviously, this is just the beginning of of what we would do. um, with Just a very, very early stage of the beginning. And usually what we're doing with a client is also we do like a really full on workshop to actually understand the business because today we just had like a... We just invented a business. Yeah, we just invented something that actually doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) But usually, obviously, businesses are slightly more complex than that. Yeah, slightly more complex, I would say. (laughs) Where can uh, people find you on the internet, Sabrina? Okay, so people can find me at User Adventure on Twitter, at User Adventure. I actually changed my username, so it's now more simple and without the underlining and everything. So it's just at User Adventure. You're still findable. Exactly. I'm much more findable now. Uh, and where can they where can they find you chris oh they can find me at chris underscore tomaso not super findable (laughs) (laughs) on twitter and uh perfect you you can also send us an email at random rewards at octalysisgroup.com and if uh, you'd like to join the community where can they go well they can go to our facebook group which is octalysis explorers no. And, and we, they can see our case studies as well at octalysisgroup.com. Yay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so that's saying, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful evening, morning, day, whatever, wherever you are. Yeah, until our next rewarding time together. Exactly. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> the game has just begun. The game has just begun. <laughs> Thank you.